All right. Welcome, everybody, to the most recent episode of Earning Their Stripes. I'm Ethan Badowski, filling in in the host chair today for Danny Martinez. Uh, and boy, do we have a really, really exciting episode for you. Uh, Ian and I uh, are here today, and we've been looking forward to this one for a while. It's our first interview in a series of interviews that we'll be doing throughout the years, uh, throughout the year with uh, Marlins Prospects. And uh, we are really, really excited for this one. Our first interviewee is here to join us today, and it is Will Stewart, lefty for the uh, Jupiter Hammerheads. Uh, he was acquired, of course, in the JT Real Muto trade uh, from the Phillies, and uh, we're just really, really ecstatic to have him. So uh, let's just get right to it. I'm going to bring them in now. Uh, Will, thanks for joining us, man. It's really nice to have you. Yeah, thank y'all. This is cool. So uh, first things first, I guess the obvious question right away is the newbie in the Marlin system. What's the adjustment been like? What was the process of being traded uh, like? And uh, how are you liking your time down here in Jupiter so far? Uh, Jupiter is amazing. I, I love Jupiter. Uh, I've never been here before. So mm -hmm. like growing up, I never came down here. I never got this south. But this is this is a very beautiful town. Um, the I would say the 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 way that everything happened this off season, like getting traded and mm -hmm. moving teams and everything like that, it it's more of like a whirlwind. Whirlwind. I didn't really realize what all had happened until about probably a month and a half ago. Whenever I walked into spring training, it was like, oh, I am not in Philly anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But. I mean, it's been great. Uh, I've met a lot of good guys. I've, I feel like I've met a lot of lifelong friends. Um, and just in the short time being here, I think that uh, I think this is the right place for me. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, man. And you mentioned that this isn't Philly anymore. So real quick before I hand it over to Ian, I just have one question that I got to ask you. So uh, you, you played in Williamsport uh, in the Phillies organization. And Williamsport obviously has a lot of baseball significance with the Little League World Series. Uh, what's it like playing up in such a historically baseball town? And did you guys have any involvement with the Little League World Series while you guys were there at all? Well, um, we didn't really have that much involvement. We mm -hmm. They actually planned the like our schedule around whenever they would get here, we would be on a road trip because mm -hmm. they also had the uh, MLB Classic there. Right. So they played that game there, but then they would also bring in the uh, the Little League players and let them come and watch that game. So we wouldn't be there. So when we got mm -hmm. back, that would be right around like the championship series and stuff like that. So if we ever had time, we would get to go over there and watch it. But it turned out for me, I was starting on those days, so I just mm -hmm. I didn't go. Um, but playing in Williamsport was crazy. Uh, the Just the historic value behind that park is insane i mean there's been so many teams so many organizations that have called that place home and then i got to play there and there was big leaguers who used my locker and it was, it was cool it was really cool yeah that's awesome all right ian take take it away my man all right how you doing will this is ian smith i'm just excited to be on this interview with you today and i just want to bring it back to jupiter a little bit um you're in probably one of the more loaded rotations in the minors. Uh, how does it feel to be in a rotation like that? And what do you benefit from having those guys around you? Being in a rotation like this, being put into this category, I mean, I'm a 20th round guy. 
uh, I was always the guy that, you know, people took a chance on me. It wasn't really, oh, this guy's definitely going to make it. And then to be put into a rotation like the one I'm in right now and be considered one of the top guys is incredible. I mean, I never would have thought that I would have been in high areas four or five other prospects in our starting rotation. I mean, they just never – that's insane to me. Um, but being around these guys <clears> – <throat> being around these guys and being able to learn from their experience and what they do. I mean, it's, you can't put a price on it. I mean, there there's pitches that I throw that they don't, and there's pitches that they throw and I don't, and we can help each other. And uh, we keep each other's minds clear during the game. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the perfect storm. And I mean, if you've been Watching the last few outings that our starters have had, I mean, it shows how how well we work together as a team. Absolutely, man. If we want to talk about stars, we got to talk about your start the other night. I mean, seven, seven and two thirds. You had five pitches working. It was, it was a sight to see. I saw some video. I wasn't able to be there, but I was able to see some video from the other night. I mean, it was it was pretty fantastic. I mean, how did it feel to have everything working the other night? And the changeup was really what I was really excited to see. It, Started to look like a plus pitch the other night, keeping hitters off balance. And uh, what do you think makes that pitch so effective? Well, I mean, the changeup's always been one of the hardest pitches in baseball to hit because it looks so much like a fastball. But mine, I feel like, is a little bit different because I can go both ways with it. So there's one where it'll run away from a righty, and then there's one that it'll run away from a lefty. And I don't normally do it on purpose. I, I don't. I, sometimes it just happens. But um, the other night, I felt like I was controlling it more, and I felt like it was like I was putting the movement on it instead of, you know, it just doing its own thing. But um, that game was ridiculous. I mean, there were so many people that helped through that entire game. I mean, my defense was on point. Uh, BJ Lopez called probably one of the best games I've ever thrown. So it was it was pretty awesome. Following up on that game, man, uh you had a no hitter really deep into that game. Uh the first question is you have to know, right? And then the second thing is uh how do you keep you know, how do you keep your mind off of it? How do you uh stay stay in the moment and stay in the zone and just focus on making the next pitch and, and everything like that? Yeah, you absolutely know. 100%. You know, mm-hmm. after about the fourth inning, you're like, wow, this is still happening. Mm-hmm. But That's the, way keep, the way I kept my mind off of it, I mean, the way that I did it was I just started talking to my teammates about random stuff. Mm-hmm. Like nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> nothing at all. I didn't want anything baseball related in my mind. I didn't want anything near it because I knew if I got to it, I'd be like, okay, I'm throwing a no-hitter. I'm throwing a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I needed. So I would just talk to like Taylor Braley or Trevor Rogers or someone like that. And I just sit there and like, not, not talk about anything remotely close to baseball. Is there one guy in the, in the clubhouse that's uh, able to keep your mind off of it? Like above others, like just a jokester or a guy with like a real big personality that you can just turn to just to talk about random things at any time, really give us some insight on that locker room. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many of those guys, but Taylor Braley, 
is mm-hmm. probably 100% the most random, funny, <laughs> just like <laughs> off the wall guy. And he's, he's the guy that I, I would probably turn to to just like keep my mind off of something. But I mean, then you also got Jordan Holloway, who's uh-huh. a little, who's, who's pretty much the same. I mean, he's, he's off the wall, but he's, but during Jordan's games, he's very, he's very professional. So mm-hmm. it's, it's different with Brayley. He is professional. But there's always this this little like carefreeness that comes with him, so it's it's different. But if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd probably say Taylor Braley because I mean I can just go up to him and talk to him about whatever, and it doesn't. He's just he's all That's over. Awesome. It. He's like, okay, we'll talk about it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, talking about another one, of you guys in that rotation from back in the day, honestly, is Braxton Garrett. I realize you guys both grew up in Alabama and. Looking over some things, I see your teams play each other while you guys were both in school. I just want to know if you guys ever came across each other in starts in high school or if anything like that had happened. Well, actually, we never started against each other. But um, he, I want to say he hit off of me, maybe. <laughs> I can't remember. I was a year older than him. So I yeah, was I a that. senior and he was a junior. But, um, I hated playing him. Oh, God, I hated playing him. <laughs> I mean, we would come into that game against Florence, and I was just like, if Braxton's throwing, I mean, I don't even want to be there. Like, I, it, it was just annoying. And Braxton was a man in high school. I mean, he he dealt. He was good. He had a big league curveball in high school. And everyone knew who he was, and everyone knew what he could do. And Honestly, none of us really liked him because I mean, he was <laughs> that guy on the mound. He was that guy on the mound. So we were like, I, we just really don't like him. And then I get here, and I mean, mm. we had we had cross paths every now and then during pro ball, but not really. And then I got here and like got to know him and like started hanging out with him. And I was like, man, I was really wrong. I really like this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, like so speaking of talented pitchers that you've been around, you came over with Sixto Sanchez in the uh, in the, the real Muto trade. Mm-hmm. I want to know if you have any experience around him, and if you do, what kind of things you see from him that you think can help you kind of develop uh, your your game on the mound. Yeah, um, I mean, we all know the stats. I mean, we all mm-hmm. know ev- what everyone says about him. I mean, he has three, four pitches that he can throw for strikes at any time. I mean, he throws 102. Yeah, I mean, crazy. In the seventh <laughs> inning. I mean, he'll go seven innings and he'll still be throwing just as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the big thing with learning from Sixto is I want to say just being carefree. I mean, because he knows mm-hmm. how good he is. I mean, he knows what yeah. he's, good, he's good at. He knows he knows what kind of pitcher he is. So I guess just kind of like trying to find that guy inside yourself, like trying to find who you are would be something I could take from him. But, I mean, I can't learn how to throw 120. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. For sure. But, and he's right-handed, and we're, we're a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a power pitcher, and I'm more of a uh, – I wouldn't say finesse because I mean I can I, I have power pitches, but I think it's more mm-hmm. of a uh, I'm going to get early contact and we're going to get out of this game pretty quick. For sure. 
Yeah, like that. That like the way you pitch your game is completely different to me. You have a tempo, and the delivery you have is is almost funky, like that keeps hitters off balance. Uh, you, I listened to one of your recent podcasts that you did with the Marlins, and you talked about your karate uh, upbringing when you upbringing when you were younger. And I almost see some of that in your delivery. Do you feel like that's helped you with your balance on the mound and how you control or control your patience on the mound? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did it from the time I was probably six years old until probably 14 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it taught me it taught me balance for sure, uh, flexibility. I mean, it taught me self-control. Um, and it kind of just like I, I, I really – the big thing that it gave me was confidence. I mean, you teach a kid how to defend himself and then – Tell me he's not going to be confident in everything he does. He can't. I mean, I get out there on the mound and I could feel like crap or I could feel great. And I'm still very confident in the fact that I'm going to go out there and do my job. So I think being raised in, through karate and stuff like that, I think that really, really helped. What do you believe led to your delivery so much? When I watch it, I almost see like an Alex Wood type of delivery with your leg kick. And it's mm-hmm. it's not – I mean, Chris Sale comes to mind with your delivery, so it's almost like a, a mixture of the two, and, and it's a joy to watch. What do you think led to mostly your delivery? Well, um, I mean, I've been a one-sport kid ever since I was probably 12 years old. So I took baseball very, very seriously. So we did pitching lessons by the time I was 10. Um, and I had a longtime pitching coach, uh, Courtney Duncan, who really, really helped me. Uh, he's the one that probably got me. He's a hundred percent. The one him and my dad are the reason why I got drafted. Um, but then I got to the Phillies and they implemented the hip. So whenever I pitch, I get into my hip really well. So basically I poke my butt out pretty much. And uh, they implemented that heavily and, you know, I didn't, I didn't believe in it at first because I thought, you know, I've been doing this, this way my entire life. So I'm going to do what got me here. But, uh, slowly year by year, I started getting more into my hip and more into their mechanics and stuff like that. And then, um, last year, everything clicked. I mean, I went out and had a great season. I did my job. I felt like I had a very repeatable delivery, so I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know what happened. I just know that everything decided to click one day, and once it clicked, it's been that way ever since. Yeah. Who's a who, who's a guy that you compare yourself to uh, when you look around the leagues, or you know, even in past years? Um, who's a guy that you kind of model yourself after, and that you have looked up to growing up in the game of baseball? Well, I was definitely, I knew that being left-handed that I probably wasn't going to be throwing 105. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just wasn't going to be that guy. And then I got the pro ball and started noticing, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to pitch. I'm going to have to learn how to put my stuff where I want to. And I really, really, really loved uh, watching guys like Maddox and Smoltz Mm -hmm. and – people like that that were just absolute surgeons that, that that didn't have to throw hard that didn't have to blow up the gun not saying they couldn't but didn't have to 
Mm-hmm. All they had to do was put their pitch where they wanted to. And that was, those are the people that I model myself after. Those are the people that I want to pitch like. Now, mechanically wise, I could not tell you. <laughs> I just figured out what, hap- what happened to work for me. And mm-hmm. some people say it looks like sale. Some people say it looks like Alex Wood. I mean, I've heard all of it. I've, I've gotten the bum garner thing because I put my arm behind my back. I mean, I've got it all. But I don't know. I think just taking a little bit from every single person is probably what, what led to my success. Yeah, all that matters is keeping the hitters off balance, and that's all it does. Yep. <laughs> what are your baseball roots like, Will? Growing up in Alabama, uh, the closest team is what? Probably the Braves. Uh, what, what, what are your baseball roots like? Where, what kind of baseball family do you come from? And like, who did you like growing up? And what kind of guys did you like watching growing up? I mean, you mentioned Maddox and Smoltz, so I've, I kind of lean towards the Braves. But uh, what was that like growing up in a non-baseball city? Uh, it was hard, very hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we didn't like getting drafted was not a thing. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I was, I had never seen anyone get drafted. I had never known anyone who got drafted. Um, and then I got to high school and found out that no one had ever been drafted from our town or my high school or anything. And I looked at my dad my freshman year and said, I'm getting drafted out of high school. And he laughed at me and said, no, you're not. (laughs) And then I did it. But uh, growing up, I mean, I didn't, my dad, my mom and dad didn't, I mean, my dad didn't play baseball for real. I mean, he played in high school, but after that Mm -hmm. it was over. Uh, My mom was like a five sport athlete. She played Mm -hmm. everything. Um, But after high school, everyone just kind of went to college and did the normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any grandparents that played baseball. I don't have any cousins or anything like that that play baseball. It's just me and my little brother. We're the only two that ever got into baseball as heavy as uh, we did. But uh, other than that, I didn't really have any baseball roots per mm-hmm. se. Um, I was a Yankee fan growing up, though. I was not a Braves fan. Yeah, I was a Yankee fan, but I loved Smoltz. So I, mm-hmm. I was a I was a John Smoltz fan. I wasn't a Braves fan. <laughs> uh, awesome. But like, I mean, I guess guys that I would watch whenever I was younger. I mean, I was part of the the era where I mean the Yankees took over the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was a part of. So I mean, you had guys like Giambi and uh, Cano and uh, Jeter and Mariano Rivera. I mean. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain. I mean, we had all types of guys like that. Mm-hmm. Those were those were the guys I grew up watching. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, the Yankees weren't my weren't my favorite team growing up, but I mean, I yeah. can respect the decision. Uh, yeah, you can, <laughs> and you can you can always respect the Yankees. And you mentioned yeah, Jeter. Course. Have you met Jeter yet? What's that been like playing for I Jeter have. now? I Jeter. I met Jeter, and I'm pretty sure I almost like spit out my foot <laughs> so uh he walked up to me and uh because i got invited to captain's camp and i went down and uh-huh. he had a we had a lunch with him at the end of the camp and he came up to me and he goes hey will i'm Derek jeter and i was like yeah mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> no. yeah you don't have to introduce yourself i know exactly who you are um, but it was cool it was actually the second time i met him i met him in greensboro last year but mm-hmm. I didn't talk to him at all because I was terrified. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was starstruck for sure. That's so cool, yeah. man. 
talking about that Greensboro game. That I mean, before the other night, that was probably the best career game you had of your of your of your life. It was like eight and a third, one hit. I think it was something like that last year. Oh, uh, the Greensboro game. I went nine innings, shut out, three hits. Okay, wow. I, I knew it was something like that. You, you dealt wow. with it. So yep. I had ten K. Talk that about that. Dude, that was crazy. That's awesome. All right, so we'll we'll get you out of here on this because we got to kind of wrap this up. But uh, I I want some some insight on minor league life. And you played up north. You played in what I can imagine are some pretty crappy towns. I want to know what 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 maybe like the worst town was or a funny experience that you have from playing in these small towns because. I have some experience up in like Northeast Pennsylvania and upstate New York and oh man, can it be boring up there? Oh my, yeah. Um, well, you got the Penn League. So uh-huh. there's Auburn, New York, and there's our very own Batavia, New York. Uh-huh. Which are pretty they they're pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I I don't know. I mean, there was this one time we went to <clears throat> Mahoney Valley mm. out in Ohio and we were on a bus for like five hours and we roll into this little town and we're like oh we're stopping for gas or something like that and I, I promise you there was a Waffle House, a gas station and I want to say like a, ba- a bar a like a day's in or something <laughs> yeah, and we're, like, oh, we're stopping for gas and we're leaving <laughs> And we look at our manager, Pat Borders, and he's like, nope, guys, this is where we're staying. Get off the bus. And I was like, no, we can't do this. I was like, no, we're not staying here. We walk into the hotel, and the whole hotel, the whole entire thing is painted in red walls. It was red walls, and we had, like, six guys that had to sleep on the floor. Oh, my God. Literally covered in bed bugs. Oh, yeah, so that's my worst minor league story, and hopefully it stays my worst minor league story. I hope so, man. Yeah, you're, you're down south now. It's much nicer than Ohio down in Florida, I can tell you that, yes. man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, Ian, you got anything uh, before we wrap this up, man? No, I mean, I think this has been great. I really appreciate you doing this with us, Will, and um, this has been awesome. This is everything I imagined it would be, and I'm glad you stopped in with us today. Yeah, guys, this is cool. I'm look. I'm always up for this. This is amazing. Yeah, we really appreciate you, man. You were you were awesome, and uh, we appreciate your honesty, especially with that last story, man. It can be hard to get some good <laughs> stories out of guys sometimes. You know. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> we we appreciate it though, Will, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, maybe we'll catch up soon, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. No All right, problem, man. Thanks a lot, Will. All right, bye. Have a good one. All right, so so let's move into the news of the week here, Ian. Uh, oh, it, it, another another ex, another exciting yeah. week, and uh, we definitely have some news. Monte Harrison uh, was back in the lineup. Uh, let's see, Devers and Cabrera went to the DL uh, for unknown reasons. I'm trying to find that out now. Hopefully, by the end of today, I'll have an update on that. But uh, it's luckily only the seven day DL for both of them, so. We have Michael Donadio and uh, Samuel Casho called up to high A to fill their positions currently. So we should be seeing them back here soon. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's kind of bad timing for Devers. Uh, he had oh. such a great week, and he had he's having such a great start to the year. And uh, you just got to hope that I think he had the same kind of DL stint last year. And you yes. just really got to hope for him that coming back, you know, only a week off that he can keep that momentum up. I mean, Cabrera is probably only going to miss one start, but you know, Absolutely. a week for a position player is, you know, that can really kill your momentum. Yeah, and I've been and this is coming off the heels of him. I went and watched him play the other night, and him had another had another hit and just played, scored a run, played played the bases, played all nine innings. Excuse me, played in the extra innings and played all ten, and then went on DL the next day. So it was definitely a surprise to me. So hopefully, it's just a little fatigue or something of something like that, and we'll see him back very soon because he's been playing at a very high level, and it's all we can yeah. see right. Very high level, and another guy that's playing at a high level on that same roster, and and we just got done talking about that roster is uh, Victor Victor Mesa. You got to see him uh, recently. Uh, what kind of yeah. things did you see from him that really impressed you and that make you excited about the future going forward? Well, his approach at the, at the plate has been exciting. He's putting the bat on the ball now more consistently. He started off the year kind of slow, but now when he's making hot contact, he's making hard contact. He's working long at bats. I saw him take two at bats full and then work to walk and then hit a hard single up the middle the other night. And that's really what I want to see out of him. He's going to be a table setter in the future. And I want to see him trying to swing for the fences 80% of the time. I mean, I just want to see the bat on the ball, like I was saying last week. And that's what I'm seeing. Like, I'm trying to make it a point to go out to see Jupiter as much as I can this year because the roster is so talented. And Victor Victor Mesa just looked better every time I went and seen him. So. Making good, making good reads in center field and playing well on on the offensive side. So we can't ask for much more right now. Yeah, he's got that uh, average up to two sixty eight now, and uh, he's actually he's got a three oh six uh, batting average on balls in place. So when he gets the bat on the ball, it's landing, man. He's just we just got to work on getting him uh, <clears throat> getting the bat on the ball. But the the good news is he's not striking out at a very high clip. His K percentage right now is only 13.6%. Uh, and, and you know, we've seen the ability to take walks, which is going to be very important as a table setter. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. I love what I've no. seen from him so far. The one thing I'd like to see is he still doesn't have an extra base hit. That is true. I mean, he's he's making hard contact up the middle, it seems, when he's making mm-hmm. hard contact. He hasn't pulled the ball much at all to either field really yet. So I think it'll come in time. I think he's really just getting his timing back. and. And if, if we can see more, I think we'll expect more extra base hits as the year goes on. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely really excited for him, man. I mean, he's given us no reason not to be excited so far once he finally got off the schneid and 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 started hitting again. And then the other thing is that, uh, like you said, he you know he's got to get his timing back, man. He's been out of yeah. baseball for so long that yeah, we're just we're just working on him. But one really exciting thing I saw from him is his base running, man. I mean, the way – not just his speed, but the way that he makes smart decisions on the base paths. I mean, you showed some video. Uh, just getting the, extra, three bases. Yeah, getting, the, getting the extra base when he can. You know, it might not be off – you know, straight off of power, but, you know, making good reads on the base pass. And that's something that we're really going to need out of the leadoff spot, which is probably where we both expect him to hit, right? Absolutely. At least, I mean, one or two. I don't see him anywhere else in the lineup if we're, if we're going to shoot for the moon. I mean, he's got to stay in the top of the order. Agreed. Maximize, maximize potential. So, and one last thing on yeah. Jupiter before we, mm-hmm. before we move on is Braxton Garrett's made two starts since returning from Tommy John almost two years ago. We finally 
didn't really talk about him last week, but I was able to see both starts. One start was quite an eventful night for me. And luckily, <laughs> the other start was very good the other night. And, um, man, this curveball is something that you guys really need to come out and see. It's special. It's It it makes, it makes hitters look foolish. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you've seen some of the videos I've been posting. It's unhittable when it's on. I mean, you just have to go up and guess when he's throwing it. And yeah. he's already struck out 13 batters in eight and two-thirds innings. And that's what we want to see. I mean, he's coming back, already hitting 93 on the gun and throwing a, a curveball in the 78, 79 range. And that's really hard to really hard to pick up. So, And like – and like Ian said, man, if you know, go see these guys, uh, especially in Jupiter. Jupiter has such an exciting roster with talent from top to bottom. I mean, that lineup, the top three on a normal night is Devers, Mesa, and Pompey, who are three of the more exciting prospects in the system right now. And then you've got that loaded uh rotation that we talk about all the time so seriously if you're in the jupiter area and you have a chance to go see these guys go do it uh, they they deserve the attention that uh, we give them and they deserve the attention of of guys people making the trek out to the ballpark so Absolutely. you know it's it's it, those games are really fun to watch it's exciting to watch minor league baseball and i highly recommend uh, you guys getting out there all right so definitely a great night out Let's let's move on. Let's move into our segments. Uh, I'm going to introduce my segment this week, uh, but last week we introduced your segment. It is the uh, pitcher and player of the week, and uh, let's get it, Ian. What do you got for us? Well, I mean, we talked to Will Stewart today, who threw seven and two thirds, no hit innings, and I mean, he's an obvious candidate for the player pitcher of the week. But since we had him on the show this week, I'm going to go elsewhere, and I'm going to go with Jordan Holloway. Mm-hmm. He, th- he threw six endings on Star Wars Night for Jupiter the other night and struck out eight, walked one, only gave up one hit. He had a fastball that's already hit 99. That's coming off Tommy John surgery last year. And he was showing a, ch- a changeup that was showing plus. That's something that we've really never seen before out of him. He's got a really, really nice curveball, but the changeup's always been a work in progress. But it was really keeping hitters off balance last night, playing off the fastball, or excuse me, on Saturday night. And it was exciting to see. I mean, that's the start we're going to expect out of him. He's playing in high A for the first time in his career, and he's looking quite ready for the challenge. And I'm excited to see what he's got going forward. And position player of the week is somebody we uh, haven't talked about too much this year, and that's Magnera Sierra. Yeah, he man. Went, man, Mag has been blowing it up. He's on a nine-game hitting streak right now. He's hitting 385 over the last week. He's walking. He's got three walks yeah. over the last seven games. He's scored four runs. He's hitting the ball for a little bit of power with four doubles. I mean, he's showing the type of player he can be with the type of seasoning he, he needs. Yeah. And that's all he needs is this, is time in the minors to really develop the, the type of player he is, which is a speed, which is a burner who can get on base and just fly. I mean, there's nobody faster I've seen, and um, he's really showing what he can do this year to start the year. So I got to show him some love as my player, uh, my position player of the week this week. I mean, Harar Encarnacion is still yeah. trying to recover off the ball, yeah. but I can't, I can't do it two weeks in a row when, when Mags is doing this. Well, so, Harar, Harar continues to set the world on fire, but I think one thing you mentioned about Mags is the seasoning that he needs. I mean, Danny talked about in the first episode how he's still only 22 years old, and that's yeah. hard to believe considering how much uh, Major League service time he's seen. But we really got to give this guy a chance, man. And I think this is the exact chance that he needed going down to Jacksonville uh, because he's really setting the world on fire so far. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. 
The Marlins cannot rush him. They can't rush him back to the big leagues. They got to let him sit. There's no point in rushing him. There's no ball games to be won that are going to mean anything right now. I just think that we just got to sit and wait and let him really develop, uh, work on his plate discipline so that he can come back and be a table setter and draw some walks in the league and really put the bat on the ball because that was something that was missing. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, we need to see that out of him, but one guy, I, I think you got, I think you sold Devers short, man. I mean, he had such uh, a great week. I did. <laughs> I, I love Devers, and I loved him last year. He got off to a great start last year, and uh, and I th- I don't know. He had such a great week, and it it really stinks. I'm really upset about the fact that he's going on the DL uh, because well. or is it the IL or whatever the it's called. I, I, I'm going to make a T-shirt that says I still call it the DL, but uh, I don't know, man. He, he's awesome. He's off to a great, he's great looks, start he's again this great. year. I mean, he really has. I mean, I haven't seen him as much as I should prior mm-hmm. to this season and he's really just looked everything that I could have wanted I, I didn't expect him to show the kind of arm he has at shortstop that he's shown this year he's playing balls in the hole like like a true shortstop and I didn't expect mm-hmm. that from him going forward so if he can show that while putting on some weight and keep putting the bat on the ball it's gonna be special to see what this kid can become he's still the youngest player in the Florida State League by a long margin like he's a kid He's only 19 years old, and he's really looking like a grown man this year. So I'm excited to see. That top two in Jupiter is just so awesome, man. And if we can get Pompey going, it leaks into that top three, and that's just really exciting for me. Absolutely. Pretty soon we're hoping to put together a fish stripes night here at uh, at a Jupiter game soon. That would be awesome, man. Yeah, so hopefully we can get some people out to come see that night. Because this, like we said earlier, you just got to come see this team. It's it's, as loaded as, as you could be in the minor league, so it's fun to watch every night. And and that doesn't just go for Jupiter, you know. I mean, yeah, I I go f- I try and get to Jacksonville. Uh, Jumbo Shrimp games are a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're around Jacks, if you're around New Orleans, if you're listening all the way up in Iowa, and you're around Clinton, go see our boys, man. I mean, you know, we can talk about them all all we want and you know you can try and formulate an opinion on them, but you don't get an opinion until you actually see them in person, and. Uh, and so I and and like I said, they deserve they deserve the support, you know. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's special. I mean, just to talk about one more guy. I mean, in the upper minor leagues that just got moved up to the majors for tearing the cover off the ball to start the year is Isaac Galloway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel great for this guy. I mean, he's Me playing the year in New Orleans this year to start the year, so that's kind of unheard of. So to get a call up to the majors so early in the year, he was batting two ninety seven with a seven thirty slugging percentage. He was he was really looking great. He was playing some innings in center field, so it's it'll be exciting to see what he can do if he can get a a little bit of extended role with the Marlins. But I'm just excited for the guy. I mean, and he made two great he made two great plays in that game last night. Oh Uh, man, got a cannon. He's got a cannon. He has an absolute cannon, man. And you know he played what 11 years in the minor leagues or something like that. And drafted in 2008. In 2008, and to see yeah. him get a chance uh, in the majors and to take advantage of it, I mean, he had a hit last night. Uh, it's really awesome for him. That really is a great story. Yeah, last year when it, when he got first called up, I was able to be in mm-hmm. Boston. It was my birthday weekend. I got to see him hit a homer over the monster. Which yeah, was man, cool. that's I awesome. Think I, I don't think I've seen somebody run around the bases faster since Matt Schreiner, <laughs> So It was that's awesome. And I'm, I'm stoked for Isaac. So hopefully he can do something with his second cup of coffee. 
All right, so let's move into uh, what I'm going to be creating. We're all going to have our own special segment on here. We'll see what Danny comes up with, but my segment is going to be based off of my uh, my uh, you know my prospect deal, and that is the things we love to see. So every week, I'm going to bring you some things we love to see of the week. Uh, the f- and then and then we'll we'll discuss and we'll see what Ian has to say about whether we love to see these things or not, but. I think the first and obvious thing is that Jupiter rotation continuing to dominate. Uh, this was on this was on you know on Monday. The last three starts that the Marlins had had uh, were Jordan Holloway, Will Stewart, and Edward Cabrera. You just talked about Holloway's start. We talked with Stewart about his start, and then Cabrera and his start before going on the DL went six innings, no runs, one hit, and nine strikeouts. Um, and that has only continued. Tr- uh, you were at Garrett's start on Monday, right? And then, I was. and he, as you talked about, had uh, what seven strikeouts in four and two thirds, right? Yeah. And then uh, Trevor Rogers went seven innings last night, didn't allow a run, didn't allow a walk, struck out five. Through uh, 60 strikes and 91 pitches. Yeah, which is he awesome was, to see from yeah. him. In control of the strike zone. I mean, he's a guy that peppers the strike zone anyway. Uh, he's always right around it. And so we really do love to see that. And, and that rotation, uh, you know, all of them kind of had solid starts to start the year. And Holloway didn't have a great start really. But uh, to see these guys come out in this week and just have dominant starts, Back to back to back to back. Really, back. you know, back. it's really awesome, and yeah, like you said, it catches your attention. Uh, the second thing that we love to see this week is Monte Harrison back in the lineup yes. and hitting a grand slam. Uh, how about that, man? That was that was really awesome to see because we were worried about whether he had lost some of the power with the new approach, taking away the uh, the big step in his swing. Uh, but it doesn't seem to have fleet him yet uh hitting a grand slam the other night in new orleans which is really exciting uh and then let's find a third thing up here uh i got you know what you got one for me hit me i got one for you and that's jordan milgraf he was okay he was acquired in the nick wickren trade last offseason yes and he's currently playing with jacksonville he's looked fantastic to start the year he's kind of a sinker ball slider pitcher with some funky delivery that uh Really, just the ball dances, but he's thrown seven innings to start the year. He struck out eight. He's walked none, and he's gave up no runs. Wow! I mean, he's looked yeah. fantastic coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, we definitely love to see that. Yeah, he's an older prospect, so he's something you, he's somebody you mm-hmm. can really see blasting through the last two uh, levels of the minors, and maybe seeing the Marlins before the end of the year. So he's a name to really keep your eyes out. And one more bonus we love to see is Chris Valamont. Yeah, uh, he's currently in Clinton. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Marlins last year. He had a rough year last year, made twelve starts, but only but only pulled off twenty nine innings. He's already thrown seventeen innings and three starts this year, but he's and he struck out nineteen, walked four with an ERA of one fifty nine. He only had twenty strikeouts in twelve games last year, so he's looking fantastic awesome. to start the year, and um, he's somebody to really keep your eye on as well. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I think. One thing we're seeing from the Marlins this year uh, across all levels, and I guess this can be another thing, is uh, is the walks are down. Um, oh, and and guys are taking more walks. And it seems that there was a focus on it this uh, this offseason because Gallon hasn't given up any walks. Guzman's walks are down. He had another nice start the other night. Uh, Cabrera hasn't given up 
that many walks. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're, they're focusing in and they're doing what we needed to do, which we talked about at the beginning, which was limit the walks on defense and then take more walks on offense. And we're seeing lots of guys getting on base more. Uh, There are some guys like Chris Torres who are taking a walk or two every night, but we need to see him put the bat on the ball more. Uh, and Isan Diaz is kind of doing the same thing. I would really like to see him get going, making it's some been, contact on the ball. It's been a str- it's been a struggle for the start of his year. I mean, the eight walks are exciting to see, but yeah. I mean, the one seventy one average start to yeah. is the lowest, the lowest really yeah. on New Orleans right now. So he needs to really start to put the bat on the ball. And he's somebody I have really high hopes for and expect a big year out of. So I feel like he's going to put it together any day now. So it's just going to take some time. It's been a rough start, but if he continues to walk, his approach stays the same. The ball's going to fly. And don't forget that. Don't forget that he uh, was off to a rough start last year in Jacksonville. Um, He he didn't get out. He got out of the gates kind of slow, and then he got hurt. And when he came back from the DL, uh, is when he really took off. So you know, it might take him a little while to get going. He hasn't struck out a ton. which we love, we do really love to see. Like that's really awesome from him because last year he struck out a ton to start the year, yeah. um, and he's not striking out that much. One thing that is definitely on the opposite side of it is that it seems like Monte Harrison is striking out twice every night. Um, you know, if he can put the ball in play and hit for power a lot, that becomes less of a worry. Um, but if he continues to struggle at the plate with the you know putting balls in play and getting on base. And then to on top of that, uh, he's striking out a lot. Is when I start to get, you know, start to get worried, like yeah. I was last year. But we, we uh, can hope he's pressing to start the year. Maybe yeah, get back from missing a few games. But yeah, it's something to keep your eye on for sure. I mean, keep your eye on Monte anyway. You know, he's one of yeah, the more exciting. It, of course, he is one probably the most uh, flashy and exciting prospect that we have in the uh, in the minors right now. But another exciting week, Ian. Uh, you know what do you got before we wrap up? You got anything big? Because uh, uh, what? I think I don't think if I have anything big for you. I think we got to everything I would love to talk about. I mean, I could talk to you about Marlins prospects yeah. all day, but I actually do have to get to work today at some point. So, well, quick shout out before we uh, before we wrap up. Austin Dean also got called up this week. Charlie Garcia. Yep, made his return to the uh, to the uh, minors. Just, to the majors this week. And then a quick news note for you talking about Tristan Pompey. It seems that he was assigned to extended spring training yeah, uh, with a possible injury off the, off the foot the other night. So instead of putting him on the aisle, I feel like they just gave him some extra work and extended just a bypass. I don't think he needs to take an entire week off, but he needs to just really get some work. He's had a rough start to the year. Yeah. Yes. So just get a little bit of rehab feel better and he'll get back in there well, i think we'll see him probably in the next week or so and then the last quick news note is we mentioned that Sixto sanchez's start was supposed to be in late april uh to the year and i think i saw this week uh that it got pushed back into early may yeah may uh, 2nd i believe may 2nd so a little bit of a delay on Sixto sanchez's first start this year uh but he is in extended spring training and he should be back soon uh, Ian, man, I'm going to let you get into work. I got some work to do on my own, so go grind, my brother. It was a really awesome episode, and uh, I enjoyed the interview. And, and we'll do it again next week, man. That was awesome.
If you guys enjoyed this segment, please give us a follow and a subscribe, a like. Yep. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere the podcasts are, we are. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Give Will Stewart a follow on Twitter. Um, yeah. We'll have all these links in the bio. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Fun. shout out to Will again for joining Absolutely. us. That was really awesome. Uh, we are on Spotify now. And as always, we're on the Apple Podcast. And like Ian said, we really appreciate the support. And a like and subscribe is, is all we could ask for. So we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we will talk next week on Earning Their Stripes. Thanks a lot.